Hi everyone, welcome back. I know it's been macam bapa lama. I haven't done a pod. Um, today I have my friend Dakshin with me. Hi Dakshin. Hi everybody. Hey. Um, so Dakshin, introduce yourself. Tell the people. Hey. Hi. Um, hi. Like, I'm happy to be here in Lakshmi. Why Lakshmi? Is that how it is? <laughs> clown. Clown. Okay, so, um, I'm Dakshin Selva. I'm 24 years old and um, I come from two beautiful islands, Langkawi and Penang. And now I'm based in Perintan Islands um, that is in Terengganu. Um, She's like an island girl. <laughs> yeah, all rounded. Born, raised, job, <laughs> island. <laughs> Everything. Everything. Everything island. Yeah. So before we get into it, um, okay. on this episode, just to let everyone know, we'll be talking about um, our experiences with nature and sustainability, um, how we both kind of in different ways found ourselves yeah, found ourselves through nature and rediscovering the environment. Um, and I think, I thought it would be fun because I'm a city girl fully and Dakshin is an island girl, so our perspectives are very different. Um, and there's no agenda to this. Honestly, we just want to have a very, again, as all my episodes are, to have an honest conversation about this and talk about our different experiences and maybe you'll learn something or gain Absolutely. some perspective about why we need to pay attention to Mother Earth and the nature the nature <laughs> nature around us uh, english great um so yeah before um i keep saying before we get into it before we get into it we're getting into it actually come on <laughs> so, i love you i swear go on did you just tell so, them we're friends like for a long time i said my friend that's why i said you're my friend love but okay. i didn't tell them yeah so we've been friends for i don't even know how long it's how long 12 years old i think i think about 11 years bruh it's a long time. Long we grew time. Up. But yeah. we have not been around each other because like that's that right. said, she lives um majority of the time she's been in Penang and Langkawi. Right. Um and I've been here. But we've always um, made the effort to keep in touch and we're right. just we're just soul sisters, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to it. Come on. Okay. Start it, start it. Um so tell the people what you're doing in Chengaru. Okay, so um, so now I'm at, at the moment I'm in Perintan Islands learning about the marine ecosystem and also the coastal community, the relationship um, this, both elements have. And my job here is to bridge the gap between science and society. Since, I mean, my, my diploma is more in journalism and writing at the mm. moment, yeah. So, did you get that? Yeah, um, so what's... what's... <laughs> You idiot. <laughs> did, you, um, did you get that? Host, are you there? <laughs> so, what's it been like so far? How, uh, what, do you, what have you learned? Um, and you've gotten your diving certification. Exactly, yeah, well, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, the thing is, um, I grew up in Langkawi and um, I've never been afraid of the water. So, I would naturally think that when I'm coming from my diving, so I've been here for, I've been here since March. It's been what, now it's June, almost June three months in yeah. and uh, it's so much more different than Langkawi and Penang because uh, so the east coast of um, east coast of Malaysia the sea here is the South China Sea so the water is clearer the biodiversity is so intact even though the tourism was blooming last year and yeah of course you can see the decline in the environment mm. but but because the population is so small and the area is big 
um, the effect is not so much. Right. So, yeah. And so like me, um, I got to do my diving license and a lot of these things. And it's it's a definitely a new experience. And I kind of see all my life, the things that I've been doing, like meditation, like uh, learning about uh, nature, kayaking, um, you know, hiking, a lot of things has led to me being in a right state of mind to be able to do these kind of things like diving and being underwater on my own, you know. And yeah, it's 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 been a, a really a learning period. I'm really getting to know uh, myself and also the environment. And it's it's a very humbling process. Absolutely. I mean, you've you've been kind of immersed in nature your whole life, right? Because your family That's um, right. runs it. Yeah. So tell tell the audience like what okay. that is about as well. Okay, sure. So... Uh, to start it off with, um, I come from Langkawi and my parents are in the tourism industry. But my dad is more of, because of his interest in the environment, he started to um, dwell more into it. And at one point, he became a naturalist where he takes people um, for kayaking trips and into the wild to learn more about the ecosystem, the symbiosis between organisms. And and I've always followed him. Like, I've been yeah. following him since I was 10 years old. So I, I've uh, we see snakes. So there's a lot of pit viper in the jungle, in the mangrove forest. And on a good season, you can see, depending on the season, sometimes you can find sea otters. And, you know, you... And whatever I've known, comes from him and he has always stressed upon um, protecting the environment getting to know mother nature and he always says this because he also plants a lot of uh, these mangrove trees you know the seeds fall and he collects them and he plants them and he always says when you take care of mother nature she will always take care of you and that's how it works you know so coming from that environment it's like it's like imagine understanding the truth and knowing this is th- this is what life is about, right? Mm. And then I was trying to find myself. Okay, so I got into uh, a di- I did a diploma in mass comm and uh, focused more on journalism. So I got into media industries. I was working for Astro. I was doing a little bit of journalism in Star. Then I went on to Penang Foodie. But I felt like um, I always got bored eventually. No, it did not really uh, fulfill intru- you exactly. It didn't fulfill me. I didn't feel like I didn't feel liberated as much yeah. as nature made me feel like how nature made me feel and that brought me that led me to taking a turn from doing a from a diploma in journalism I went on to okay now I want to pursue a degree in marine science and so as I was applying for programs um, my dad actually found this this marine scholarship program for me that um, this company I work for at the moment it's called Fuse Ecotier they cater volunteering programs people all over the world to come and they get to know the environment the coastal community in a conscious manner so it's all they we focus on eco dives where we do not um we get close to nature but it's more of learning nature not um taking control of it you know we don't feed the animals we don't we we have the space between them and us and okay so on yeah. a daily, I mean, like on a day-to-day basis, what do you do? You know, like okay, so <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> um, when when I get to dive, so what we'll do is the night before, because diving is also as much as the fun activity. It's also a very it's dangerous if you don't pay attention, right? Yeah. So uh, the day before, we we start diving in the morning. 
So the night, we will always prepare. We have safety briefings and, and you know, the do's and don'ts. And we prepare our tank and all that. And the next day, uh, 8.30, the, boat, the boat's there waiting for us. And we go to the diving site. So usually, we, we do two dives uh, per day. And then there's always a half an hour break in between. So during our dives, uh, depends depends on the day and depends on what's our purpose. So last week, I went for a dive to uh, basically analyze the ecosystem. So we basically, um, we charted la, the, the health of the reefs, um, the coral bleaching um, effect, you know, how many invasive species are there, how many endemic mm. species are there, um, what are the animals that we find? Because um, some animals are there, some animals being present shows that it's a healthy ecosystem because we, a reef without fishes is not a healthy ecosystem. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's always a symbiosis in the environment. It's always between one and the other, you know? And of course, yeah. Yeah, so, and that's what we do. So we go down, we analyze, and uh, the second day of our diving, uh, we filmed a few, uh, we did a few, few t- footage because some of these reefs, so some of these places, um, they are reefs. And other places are, for example, shipwrecks, right? So these wrecks being there for a long time makes it an artificial reef. And eventually, going on it. And then we have mm. groups of fishes coming in. And this one place I went called the Sanchoy Wreck, it was amazing. It's, it basically, so the, the yeah. ecosystem actually starts to grow on the yeah. wrecks. Yeah. Like in the wrecks, yeah. I mean. Yeah, oh, in the wrecks. That's cool. Yeah. It's super cool. It's like, Can't it's, stop Mother Nature. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing you know they say right the reefs are very uh, fragile because uh, the minute the temperature of the water changes it becomes a little bit warmer the algae in the corals will leave but because this event has been occurring for so long these corals have become a bit more stronger and some of the species are called the super corals and these super corals they have adapted to this warm climate and they still grow yeah, so it's so basically... what's the what's the situation like? Like what what did the corals look like, and is it bad? Like because you know, like I get a lot of anxiety uh... when I hear about <laughs> nature and what we're doing to them, right? Because I know, like just speaking to you for the few times. I mean, okay, first of all, I just want to say that I'm so jealous that you get to do this every day. <laughs> and I remember when she told me, I, but I mean, it, I think this it was around the. This time last year, I remember you came down to KL and you told me that, oh, I want to do marine science. And I was like, what the hell? what? (laughs) You've been doing doing food journalism and writing for years. um, And now you want to do marine science? What's what's going on? But obviously, (laughs) like, I was supportive. And I'm so insanely proud of you for taking this step. And, like, I'm so jealous that you're there. Like, I love you so much. I love it. I love it. It's amazing. But I know, like, talking to you, speaking to you about what you see on a daily basis about nature, what you're learning, it's, it's quite tragic. Um, and I feel like I wouldn't have the emotional capability to deal with that every day. I Um, think it's strong. You're, you're, you're badass. Can I say bitch? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> but yeah, no, going back to the yeah. corals and the reefs, I remember yeah. you talking talking to me about them and yeah, what what what's your opinion on What's the condition of them? What's right the now? condition, yeah. Okay, so so the thing is, 
um, Langkawi does is not um, abundant with reefs because first of all that's the Andaman Sea. So I have never been exposed to this part of the marine ecosystem. What I've always known is the mangrove forest, right? So when I came here, I saw it for the first time and it it of course all my life because leading up to this program, I started watching a lot of videos online like about the great barrier reef and i had this idea of how corals are supposed to be colorful you know so full of life and different types of corals and the amount of fishes and all that so when i came here and truthfully when i went in the water and i saw all these corals they were beautiful but they were all brown they were all just brown they lacked in color and the fishes were not so diverse and like of course i felt a bit like allah what is this you know and then Um, I asked my project manager and she explained to me that not all species are first of all colorful and bright. Mm. Um, the species in Malaysia is uh, the boulder corals and the hot corals, the um, aquapora and all that. These are, the colors are naturally brown. And it also comes down to, because it's not about the coral, it's about the algae. Okay. But, yeah, it's about the algae. The species of the algae living in the coral is brown in color. But yeah, we still do have some corals that are still lively and all that. But you can clearly see the you see that um, as much as the ecosystem is healthier, it's not thriving. It is not at its um, healthiest, healthiest state. Yeah, and Definitely. this is due to the impact of tourism in two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty. Because as I said, the coral reefs are a free, very fragile ecosystem. So you know, a sudden change in the temperature of the water, uh, the 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 waves, the um, the current of the water, um, and that you know because of the boat, um, you know, a lot of people come and sometimes they touch all these corals and see these corals again. They are they are soft, fragile. Yeah. So they easily they are they can break, right? Yeah. So all of this definitely has you can see the effect when you come to Perintan especially when you've gone to you know to Australia you've gone to many other places where you can still see like you know beautiful like Indonesia they still have very beautiful corals when you come here you'd be like of course you'd be underwhelmed but you would also try to understand it more you would you would also like because as I said the species are all different everywhere right mm. so right now in order for us to um, restore back the condition like you know the coral restoration all that what we do is we still have broken corals right so these broken corals are not necessarily dead unless they are white in color that that they're dead coral, yeah they're dead if, okay. if a coral is white it means that it's bleached when it's bleached that means no algae can live in that uh, coral and coral without the algae when it's just a bone right Okay. Right. So yeah, you can see a lot of. So what we do as part of the coral restoration program, um, and some of the some of the hotels here, uh, that has you know this program, they pick up these corals that um has uh life to it, and then they bring it to the shore and they 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 breed it, they let it grow, they you know they um they offer it a proper condition like uh for it to thrive. A little bit healthy, they plant it back into the ocean. Ah, so it's like some, it's like a not man-made, but it's like they. It's a they helping, help the, la, helping. Yeah, it. helping, helping. Helping. Uh, it. It's like a. <laughs> <laughs> idiot. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I get what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is what the world has been doing at the moment. When you see, you know, um, especially in um, I've been following this, this ah, uh, where is this? I forgot. Some republic, lah. 
somewhere in that area far in europe um that they basically they are super corals super corals grow much faster than normal corals so mm-hmm. what they do is they they have this adoption program where you can adopt the corals and then they can ocean and uh, they will monitor the process and all that because this is all not a one time thing you know it's a process yeah and it's a continuous thing to help restore the corals because they're just exactly. they're dying right exactly they're dying yeah. because of this because mainly because of climate change right yeah. and it, because it's so hot this definitely affects the temperature of the water And I remember and this is this is also like sorry to sidetrack but like no, no. um a few weeks ago we were talking we were talking about about doing this podcast and okay. um I remember you telling me about the turtles <laughs> and how the there are less males being born mm. being born because apparently the temperature of the sand determines the gender of the turtle That's right. That how cool is that? And that is insane to me. I lost my shit and started reading so much and also got really sad because not only are turtles now like I mean turtles are already are already an endangered species because of trading and illegal trading and everything. And then um they already have to face so many dangers the minute they are born because of predators and um whatever natural environment or whatever and then now the males are not even being born because That's of climate right. change yeah. so it's like wait how this way their challenges susah we susah nak susah kalau you bukan manusia kan allah Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I thought that was very um interesting. I had no clue that the sand I mean I, I don't understand how or why but it but it's it, it work. They say in the turtle language we say girls are hot, boys are cool. You know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so how it works is that um see turtles have already been endangered since the 1990s um around that era. Um and recently they're becoming more vulnerable because not only as you said the temperature of the sand determines the sex of the gender so because the the temperature of the sand is so warm a lot of females are coming in because a lot of females lack of males the mate it affects the mating season and putting that aside of course now there's you know like bycatch issues um you know boats slamming into the turtles because ugh, it's it's horrible you know even this month i've heard three death already when this turtles and you know it's so hard for a turtle to actually um live a life like um first the minute the hatchling the hatchling comes out right yeah yeah the minute they're born it's like exactly. they, it's survival of the fittest like it, truly um sucks for them <laughs> it, it really does they have to fight you know to survive and when yeah. they do and they live in this 200 300 years of life and for us to just you know what do you call that we have, we have so you much own, power it's so much like ownership over like exactly. such a sacred like such a sacred animal i mean to me all animals are sacred lah sorry exactly. but um but you know like this animal lives for two, you were saying 200 years 200 can years some can live mm-hmm. up to longer and you know and they they're really cool They eat, yeah. kill. They don't give a. They don't give a hack about anything. <laughs> they don't give a hack. <laughs> no, but no. Speaking of, you know, like, you know, you your love for the animals, and you know, you being vegan, that really amazes me because even though, like, I am, I'm not vegan. I I mm-hmm. I love eating fish, 
and, <laughs> and uh, I do love to fish. I appreciate, I respect the environment, a lot of things. But it's, it's yeah, it's, I'm not there yet. I know yeah. in the future I might. But, you know, it, it's not easy. And I, I'm, I'm inspired by you, man. It's been two years? Yeah, actually just yesterday, June, June 2nd, two years ago. How do you feel? Uh, feel great. I mean, I think this is why we wanted to... <laughs> to do this podcast because I think in, also going back to what you were saying about your dad saying, um, you know, if you take care of Mother Earth, Mother Earth will take care of you. I think a lot of people feel, I think a lot of people feel like, and this took me a while to realise, so it's like, you know, at first when I became a vegan, when I went plant-based, when, you know, when the whole, oh, don't use plastic straws and zero yeah. waste and this whole trend, boop, like, it like just exploded in KL, at least in KL, I feel, in 2019. Um, you know, I felt like, oh, I have to take care of the earth. I have to save the earth. Mm. But the truth is, is that, and it's true, yes, I have to save the earth. But the thing is, is like, Mother Earth doesn't need earth. So we need Mother Earth, you 100%. know? And it's like, yeah, like, I don't think people, enough people get that. Like, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do when it goes to shit? <laughs> you know? Now, I want to ask you a question. Why do you think people don't understand that? Why do you think people are so detached to the environment? Um, I think, I mean, I from my own experience, because I feel like I was completely detached from the environment until about two years ago, when I became vegan, when I became plant-based, when I made that decision. Mm. Um, I think it's just, uh, people are distracted. People are distracted and busy and suffering in their own. They have a lot, there's a lot of suffering in the world, regardless of the environment, right? 100%. So how do, how do, how do people make space for the environment, which is, it is not a, quantifiable like they can't they don't see it every day or mm. you know they're distracted by job and money and wife and kids and husbands this is and, reality pulling you down you know it's yeah it's like oh real life real this is my life I have to work and survive in this world and how why do I care about the environment when I don't have I, I can't I can't I have too much on my mind no, I'm just saying like most most adults. No, no, yeah, no, you have really, yeah. It's that, and, that's the that's the and, curse. Yeah, know? and I feel like at the time when I became very aware, mm. uh, become suddenly became an advocate or whatever about stuff like this. Mm. I'm not gonna lie and say like I was, I'm in a very privileged position to even be an advocate for the environment. Mm. And at the time, I was a student. Mm. I, was I a student? Yeah, I was a student. You were, yeah. And. Um, you know, I didn't have responsibilities. That's and right. now, after being a freelancer for a year, I can say that I have done so much less, so much mm. less for the environment than I did in those in those in the past one and a half year before before I started working properly, lah, you know, full time or whatever, basically before I graduated. Right. And I, I can completely understand why people with even more responsibility just can't they cannot spare a second thought. For plant-based food or, you know, using a plastic straw or, you know, I, I understand. But at the same time, it's very heartbreaking, you know. But this but- is the thing, right? This is the thing what society has made you live. Like the idea of an ideal world. Again, yes, you're right. Yeah. It's this, yeah. this idea that we all need, this idea of success and this idea this of... idea of yeah. validation, <laughs> uh, this idea of, you know... Uh, being perfect, seeking perfection, having that um, enough money, fat bank account, you know, having <laughs> that big house, having that car, having a nice, comfortable life. Yeah, you have that. Yeah, you can. It can bring you joy. It will give you security. But at the end of the day, 
when Mother Earth is not there, the oxygen that you breathe in, the food that you eat, a lot of the things is what you're taking from the environment. When the environment stops giving you, where will you put your money? How much will your house and your yeah. car and everything else matter? And it's and and the thing is, is like I think this way as well. Mm. But again, I feel like the messaging of it has to be very, like you have to be very careful uh, when you talk to people about stuff like this because, mm. um, I mean it sucks because it's like we don't have time. Like we don't have time to we be nice about the environment. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> but you know it's and you know you can't even go up to someone and be like oh spare a thought for the environment because they're just gonna look at you like huh what why. You know, but I feel like yeah. I feel like I do feel like the generation in Malaysia, um, the generation more aware. They're becoming our more generation. aware. Our generation, yeah, they're becoming a bit more aware. I still 100%. feel it's a very, I still feel it's a very like consumerist version of sustainability. So it's like, it's a very buzzword thing, you know. It's, oh, sustainable clothing, yeah. sustainable clothing, and slow fashion, and and slow whatever zero waste. It's all. I mean, no hate to it. At all, like I think it's a great step forward. The but fact still... that you're putting your money, you're still you're still yeah. buying, but now you consider the impact it has. Yes, and on nature, and Absolutely. that's amazing. That's an amazing first it's step. A big change, but it's still it's still, still tied. Consuming. Yes, yeah. it's still tied. <laughs> it's still tied to a material thing. That's it's right. still tied to how can I make sustainability look great and look great on me. Um. Right, but not really about what can I actually what fundamental changes can I make in my life, so that I don't need to buy anything and just live my life simply. I I I personally feel like I've been lucky as much as you see like, grew up in an environment where uh, I feel like I you were have... very you're very connected to nature already. I do. And... I I never had yeah, any you... luxury. Go on, yeah. Yeah, you're very connected to nature. And that, that I feel is something that... Like, again, like, I feel like I was very, like... Ugh, like, I don't want to be around nature and bugs and stuff. Like, for right. a long time, I was... Like, <laughs> and then I think it was only when... It was only... Not even when I became plant-based. But I feel like when it, when I decided to finally start taking care of my health. And right. then, like, I would just... I, I was more active. I started doing more... Um, exactly. Yeah, I was just more fit, lah, basically, and then I wanted to go to waterfalls and go hiking, and mm. and I think that that is honestly so. It's like it was a connection with my body and yeah. taking care of my body, and that's how like, I kind of like reconnected or rediscovered nature. And through that, I was just like, and then again with this MCO, where like for the past year we haven't really been able to past year and plus plus I don't know how long we've been doing this stupid COVID thing, but um you know um. We've been. I I felt feel like I've taken. I took it for advantage because now I can barely go. Like you know, like, I haven't been to a waterfall in ages. I haven't been able to go hiking. Like I could go, but it's not like the proper proper places where That's I actually right. want to go. You don't have the freedom to actually go and explore and all that. Yeah, and I can't. I mean, we can't go uh, to different states and you know explore right. the waterfalls and the places there and which which is stuff that I always wanted to do. Mm. Um, you know, and so. But think about it this way, right? I just want to stop you there one sec. Mm. Um, because it's a good, in a way, as much as I know, like, it's, it's been hard. It's been not, not hard to be, you know, inside four walls and constantly facing your thoughts and, you know, trying to occupy yourself, trying to clear your mind and all that. Um, the environment has had the time to heal. That's true. Um, yeah. I hope so. 
hundred percent because because of the tourism and we we see it you know even the local fishermen as much as they do not have uh, money and all that these people the coastal community for example they they have known to fish all their life you know you can say yeah some people are suffering and all that but their survival skills takes place and you know the mangroves that had time to heal the ecosystem is thriving back again and you can see a lot of fishes and that's because there's less less boats you know coming into the ocean and definitely nature has had the time to heal during this covid period so when you mm-hmm. guys start you know coming back again and you know tourism starts blooming um yeah you get to see a lot of things differently i think you you get an you get an idea of what the world was before pollution to a certain extent you know it's less right. polluted now would you say that it was it's it was easier for you growing up in an island to have uh, like a more to have a more like i mean environmentally conscious outlook on life is that the right way to say it yes and no cuz like at the end of the day so because my dad was a naturalist yeah my mom my mom was a very spiritual person she taught me meditation my dad taught me science and i've had the gift of connecting both and finding myself finding my connection to the nature but you know when you're young you see my i see my cousins i see my friends going to the mall having fun and uh you know doing the fun stuff i me and my sister we've always feel left out we've always wanted to go to penang because penang is our city lah yeah, so we always uh so we wanted to go to penang we want to have fun and then we'd be very sad but when i left langkawi at the age of 16 and i i that's when i really got a glimpse of the city life you know i went to the malls every day i had fun i was spending my money um you know i was buying things other than books because you know like you know mean girls right you know where the girl she's south africa then she goes oh, to school yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it's something like that you know it is like that you know like in langkawi i had no expenses all i did was use my money to buy books you know scholastic books or whatever when it came to penang the expenses were so high you know i had to buy gongcha You know, I had different like prestige <laughs> gongcha. I love gongcha. Wait, then when you came to KL, oh, that's a whole other Changed story. Changed my though. life. You know, I was wearing boots, and you know, <laughs> and you know, cosmetics were involved, and I really bangsar, bro, bro. You remember all this. joints and clubs <laughs> and all the good good times good times huh? i but i remember the one thing you hated was the food like you hated the kl food i was talking shit about it every day every every time. day but you know but, what you learned yeah. something from that time you also when you me finally for a while no i was so happy i was always happy to come to your house it felt like a hotel for me a vacation <laughs> You know, you know, I'm really curious. Yes, no, but I know, that's I know. the thing. Coming back to the question, <laughs> it was more of like the grass is always on the greener side. When I left to Penang, and I got a glimpse of the city life, and I went to KL, I started to miss Langkawi so much more. And every time people ask me, "What do you miss about Langkawi?" I always said the oxygen, because there was so less pollution, and it was it's it's mm. it, you know it's just full of nature, right? Even the air you breathe in is different. The the mindset. you are at because it's such a slow paced life when there's no malls when there are no things that demands you to work hard 
Demand and also, like, business. all these things are distractions, like malls and... All this, at the end of the day, they're all distractions. It's like, when you grow up in Langkawi, you grow up in PD or so, for example. Like, yeah. I have friends who, who live in PD. It's like, freaking nothing to do. So, they're like, just go go play at the beach, right? go and swim. Exactly. Go, go you know, just always in nature. Nothing much um, you can do. But you learn a lot much from do. that. Yeah, of course, of course. It's yeah. not... I feel like a lot of people look at it as boring or, like they look down on those experiences or those places. But I'm like, Absolutely. as a person from the city, it's like, for us, like like you said, it's like a vacation. It's it like a, a vacation. It's like a getaway. Yeah. It's a getaway. Yeah. But, and that's the yeah. beauty, you know. I realized that, you know, like, um, because after leaving that and coming to Terengganu and it's all connected. I feel like at one point when you start, when you know what makes you happy, it's not just, you know, short-term happiness like alcohol and malls and, you know, shopping and all that. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm, I am happy to do all those things. But something that is constantly there, when you find that, you will search for it. And as you search for it, things will come around the way it's supposed to. But I have always, un- like, because we are still living in this world that demands our what do you call that? Where we seek validation to a certain extent. Yeah. And we are part of this, we are part of the system, this capitalism world and something that we cannot avoid. It's important to have the balance, um, mm. you know? Yeah, still, of course. Yeah, like, we just, still need jobs, we still need money. Exactly. Like, we, yeah, we're not saying like, give up your job no. and go, go to the life. Himalaya. No, 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 no. <laughs> not like that. There is like, everybody, everybody needs to find a way to survive in this world, you know? Correct. Um, it's just don't, I mean, personally, I just feel like don't do it. Do that at the detriment of the world and the future generations, you know, uh, future children. Like, I think about... The children. The children yeah, I think that about, are not going to be able to see the turtles, for example, because they're extinct. Bro, can you imagine? Like, yeah, some, I can, some babies today, they might grow up in a world where, like, turtles don't exist. And like, what's a turtle? Oh, you've never seen a turtle before? Haha, <laughs> oops. <laughs> and see la, we get married we have babies when's that gonna happen and, no thanks it's okay uh, I don't know <laughs> so what would you I mean I know now we're all kind of stuck at home yeah. uh, I'm sorry but like part of my brain is still laughing at the gong chatting <laughs> I can't wait to go back home I miss McDonald's oh my god oh don't my god see, start, you see what I mean it's like a balance like, you could be dying <laughs> hello are you there yeah, yeah, I'm here, I'm here. Okay, sorry. I thought the connection kind of... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you see that? You can't be quite funny. La. <laughs> I'm dying. I need McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, you see what we mean? It's all about balance. It's balance. Yeah, Just even out there. No one's yeah. perfect. It's all about being perfectly imperfect. No, and no. doing perfectly perfect. And then also like understanding that like you're never going to get everything right when it comes to environmentalism or being sustainable like you're you're just not you know you're just not going to get things perfect and but to me i i think i've said this before it's like we we don't need we, we don't need 10 people doing it perfectly we just need like thousands of people doing it imperfectly and just like if you can make a change if you can do oh meatless mondays or um you know just stop using that it starts at home it starts, it starts at, at home. home. It does. The way you, you can buy, even mm. even buying your produce, you know, um, it, it's not just it's always yeah because it's not just about the environment. It's also the, the community, the the people who are connected to the environment. So if you can, don't buy from the malls to put your fresh produce. Get it from a um a small business, a fresh market, yeah. you know. 
uh, it's a lot of things are plastics are incorporated in our lives. It's, yeah, you, completely, one hundred percent. Just yeah. So when so. and it's unavoidable, and that's the fact. So don't hate it. Don't fall into well, like oh, I give up. Buy fresh produce. Get seasonal produce. Um, um, and if you can carry your Tupperware, you know things like this. It's like it's it's like how we have a routine. We wake, you know, things to make us feel good. For example, we wake up in the morning, we exercise, we do our meditation, you know, we have good breakfast, we start the day, we dress up. A lot of things we do is because the center align our mind mm. and our body and our soul, right? Yeah. Same thing with doing. Same thing when you look at the environment. It's it's how you live your life. that reflects on how you take care of the environment what what are your views towards the environment it's yeah, in order yeah. for you to protect on the outside you have to first protect inside you have to look within before you look out che no it's very true <laughs> right <laughs> it is very true i mean i think it's like you have to kind of decide internally like how do you want to live your life and what is the yeah what so sitigal what are the things that you do you know to For me, yeah, I Be guess environmental. I guess okay. So one of the things I mean, I know why I don't do. That's for sure. You know, like I know there are things that I do, but then like I'm, mm-hmm. I always feel like I can do more. You know, and one of the things that I don't do or I'm really bad at is like grab, like grab food, like food takeaway. <laughs> like I just order so much food and it's so bad. And like I could honestly just, I like, just cook, sis. And it's not like I don't know how to cook. I know how to cook. But I just like eating out, <laughs> and yeah. also as as a plant as a plant based person in KL, there is a lot of yummy options. Look there are a lot of lot of lot of yummy options. But you know, should I really be doing that all the time? So I have started this system. <laughs> like, I yeah, but I I I've kind of worked on it, and I I haven't. I think I gave myself a rule of like grab food once a week. And even that mm. is kind of excessive. Honestly, I shouldn't be doing that. That's not bad. Um, that's like my limit, lah. Like you know, if I can go the whole week without, then obviously just freaking eat at home, lah. For me, oh my god. Um, uh-uh. not like I, yeah, not like I got no food at home. I do pun. Um, so that's one But of the things. Tasty, lah. So yeah, so I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I do everything right. I really don't. Even with my coffee, I drink so much coffee. I always take away coffee. I have a Stojo cup. Hmm, maybe oh. like. Uh, six out of ten times I don't use my stojo cup. Only four out of ten times I use my stojo cup. So see stuff like that. That's like, no, like I, there's so many things. I mean, I'm, I've realized these things over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will always try and improve on it. But I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I do everything perfectly. I really don't. One yeah. of the things that I will say that I really have improved on is like I genuinely just buy less stuff. Um, yeah, I buy less stuff. I give away a lot of things now. My clothes, I feel like. I mean, yeah, I really don't buy that many clothes. I feel like if if I do buy something, it's something I know I will use for years and years and years. That's great. I and have it's... people. I know friends in the fashion industry. I have so many friends, um, especially my friend, my close friend Joanne, and she speaks about the environment and um, fashion, and she's such a big advocate, you know, for buying less. Yeah, and... really, really. You don't realize, you know, like you really yeah. don't need so many things. Yeah. Um and. It's tough because when you're on Instagram and when you have the job that I do, <laughs> you know, oh, it's, it's tough Tell for everyone. Fancy when, life. When you, it, honestly, no, it's not even right. It's, it's tough for everyone because you're it's so like beautiful. Am I? Am I? It's like go on. When you're on Instagram and you see so many people sharing new brands and local brands, and now the local brand, the local business community is booming like crazy, and it's amazing. It's great. 
Um, but you know, you want to wear this and you want to try that. And fashion is will always be um, something that's on people's minds because again, it's a dis. I mean, it's not a distraction. It's like it validation. What about yourself? It's, it's valid. It's validation. Lah, you know, people like looking good, and like, who doesn't like looking and good? Feeling right? good. And even good. here, I still try to dress nice. You know, even though I don't need to. Cause yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it sets the tone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's not no absolutely there's nothing wrong with it. And there's but... so much art in that as well, you know. You see a lot of um conscious brand nowadays, they're trying to um they try to incorporate the art. They're trying to incorporate culture. For example, I love batik mm. and I and you know, even like me living in the kampong, these people don't understand fashion, but you just you just look at their sense of fashion. It's amazing, you know. They just wear this shirt and then they wear this bate and this bate has so many chora and like it's beautiful, you know. Chora. Chora, like this design. <laughs> and um and you know, then you see this pe- uh, people in KL, and then they they rewear it, they they modify it in a way that makes it look fashionable and all that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also beauty in that because, as much as it's it's important to find the balance between being traditional, but also taking it to where it is where it should be now, modernizing mm-hmm. certain things. And I, there's so much beauty in that as well, you know. Yeah, I mean the innovation is always nice. You know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like, again, like this whole sustainability, like it's still sustainable fashion and slow fashion. Like, okay, yeah, you buy from slow fashion, great. I love that. Or you support slow fashion, sustainable brands. That's great. Tapi not not like if you're gonna if you're gonna buy like ten items or continue like buy every day one thing from sustainable brand, this doesn't no, you're not helping. You know what I mean? No. But yeah, we should probably wrap it up at this point. I was gonna ask you, yeah, um, how would you urge people to reconnect with nature? And I know we're stuck in a pandemic, but why? Yeah, how would you urge people to reconnect? And why do you think they should do it? Okay, that is a good question because so you live in a city and you cannot go to nature. I guess. Well, um, yoga. I don't know if it because nature is not just greens and ocean. Nature is again within us, right? Yeah. So yoga is actually a very, very, uh, good way to get a feeling of how nature can make you feel. Because yeah. when you get into the flow with your breathing and then your movement and all that, and you get aligned, it's um, I don't know how to say it. It's it's very peaceful. And uh, that piece is something that um, I feel whenever I'm doing my yoga, but also when I'm underwater or when I'm walking through the jungle. It's uh, it's a space where you cannot, you don't feel alone. You don't, your mind is not taking over. So mm. definitely yoga and exercising is an important way to first of all, feel connected to yourself. And when it comes to, I guess, Taking a walk down the park, you know, is that? Park- I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can. I think we we can still go for walks. And yeah, stuff you can still here. go for walks, and whenever you have the opportunity, include that as part of instead of you know going to a mall. Let you know go with your friends. Plan a, a plan a picnic session. Plan a session <laughs> where you are outside, and you are seeing the birds fly. You are observing things. Take the time to pause, and observe. I think generally speaking, when space. you... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But sorry for yeah. cutting you off. 
generally speaking, when yeah. you're more in tune with yourself yeah. and you're away from distractions, like like you yeah. said, like you're in tune with your body through yoga or like meditation. Correct. Um, meditation. Yeah. Um, or yeah, in any in any form, you yeah. just and you're away from distractions like social media and malls and you know um you just have more time to understand what is important lah you know we should have another podcast for just social media you know oh my god i mean that i i have a, let's i do have a, i have do? one yeah i have an okay. idea for that already and there's so much that i want to say about it if i'm being honest okay let's um, let's there's I, so, I would, so much i'd be happy if you're asking me I'll let's do it. do it there's so much i want to say <laughs> no, is there anything yeah, that is there anything that you want to say about fuse eco deal or how people can absolutely help? Yeah. so um since because usually um this company basically functions uh by um volunteering programs so we invite volunteers all over the world and we have a two weeks program for them where they come and stay in this kampung house they get a little bit of an idea of how the malaysian culture works and they get to you know dive and experience the environment in a conscious manner so because of the pandemic and we're not able to do that at the moment we are functioning by grants and also sponsors from um you know associations and ngos um so i think um in july we are looking into um raising a fund for our adopt a dive site program where we will go to the sites this dive sites um in this kulakachi so printen islands as kulakachi and pulabasan as many um reef area so some of these areas are under the attention of uh, pmrs that's the company i'm working for printen mm-hmm. marine research station that's okay. the project i'm working for right so what we do is we go to this dive site and we monitor the health of the coral reefs and all of these things so in order for us to do that we need uh the money to get to the boat uh, you know charter the boat to go to these places and um all that so if you guys are interested to adopt a dive site where we will monitor the corals and we will give you updates every month on the health of the ecosystem the biodiversity what are the species we have found and all these things if you're interested to um what do you call that sponsor if you're interested to yeah yeah sponsor this course yeah so i will pass the the information information right <laughs> yeah <laughs> to, just pass that to me be and then i will to lakshmi and yeah please follow Perintian Marine Research Station. We have so many exciting contents. If you want to learn about the environment as a whole, what is biodiversity? We're breaking down terms. We're breaking down scientific terms. We are showing you what the life is like underwater, and we basically want you to f- fall in love the way we want you to see mm-hmm. the world the way we see it. I think that's great as well because a lot of the climate um, or environmental Instagrams or whatever information that I get. Or I follow is a lot of international stuff, so absolutely um, we want to localize things. Yeah, definitely localize things because it brings it closer to home, and then it helps you understand our situation here, Correct. right? Um, so yeah, definitely I will one hundred percent link everything in the uh, podcast bio. 
thank you so much for this opportunity. No problem. This was awesome. I love this, this is conversation. This is so much fun. I think like would have gone for like two hours. More. Yeah, we probably could have. We we talked like the, the the even like the whole idea of this podcast was because we were talking about this thing. On a call, like just yeah. generally, it's like what we talk about, <laughs> and we were like, "Hey, hey, how about we cut the conversation short and we save this for the podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> and look at where we are, and you know, I can't wait for you guys. I hope this podcast brings you, gives you a be- a, a different understanding, and makes you view the environment differently. And I'm always ready to welcome any of y'all. You know, please come here and all Langkawi. And Bro, yeah, I want to go. Happy. I want to go there so True bad. Time. I want to leave KL and just go there. <laughs> <laughs> you sure not? Got mosquito. Got get live on a, live on a farm. Oh, it's yeah. fine. I think I think I've gotten to a point where I'm just like it's fine. It's okay. It's fine, huh? Yeah, I just want to live a simple life, man, on a farm somewhere. This I'll show you, sis. I'll... <laughs> yeah, it'd be like Let's that. Any last thoughts? Any last anything else you want to say before we say bye? Hmm. Trust yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Miss D, Miss D, dropping some, <laughs> dropping some truth <laughs> Can you not? I'm laugh? sorry. I'm being so mean. I'm being. I'm being so mean. I'm sorry, no, guys. Just to, just to let y'all know, we are friends. Just to let y'all know, we are friends. Which is why I'm making fun. Okay, it's not like she's like some random <laughs> guest, and I'm making fun of my guest. No, she, we are friends. Okay, We're that's sisters, why. I, that's yeah. why I charot her. So okay. <laughs> no, but really, trust yourself. Don't doubt yourself, and. Always, always question things. Don't don't be a follower. Mm. Yeah, I needed, I needed to hear that today. Honestly, yes, yeah, yeah, man. Same says I'm. 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 As I see it, I'm telling myself it's a journey. It's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey. It's a journey. You should be happy to take. There's. It's not always not going to be happy. There is sorrow. There is sadness. There's anger. There's highs and lows. And as humans, we have to go through it all. And in that journey, we will learn uh, what makes us stronger. And for me, that's connecting with nature. And I hope in in some areas you you'll be able to feel the same way, lah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being here. Love you, lot. Love you too. Any day. Um, and thank you for listening I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast um, please listen to my other episodes I know there's very, <laughs> there's very, there's very few of them so please listen to them okay <laughs> please listen and I hope um, to be making more episodes soon I love doing this but I don't like feeling pressured to do it <laughs> but yeah no, conversations like this always make it worthwhile so thank you again and I will um, talk to you in the next episode bye, bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.